Got some Giardellis for everybody today, one per person. But do not, do not eat them. So go ahead, get, uh, you may distribute. Uh, you receive these, uh, you can uh, uh, hold on to them. But don't eat it until I tell you that you can. You could unwrap it, you could sniff it. It, it is yours to do with it. I mean, you have the power, you can eat it if you choose to. You can do whatever you want to with that. But I'm challenging you not to eat it until you are told. Now, for some of you, that, um, that might be really tempting. Maybe you have a thing for, uh, uh, for, for chocolate, and uh, this is a thing. For others of you, I'm guessing maybe no big deal, right? Uh, but we're all tempted by different things. So even as you receive this, uh, yeah, I'm guessing this isn't necessarily uh, something that you're just like dying and you won't be able to pay attention to the rest of this uh, because you're, you're so drawn to this chocolate. But uh, we all have our weak spots though, right? Everybody is tempted. Uh, even Jesus was tempted. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Today we're uh, starting to gear up toward Easter, just a few weeks away. Uh, we're anticipating a, a great celebration, right? Uh, you've ordered your flowers or you're going to, right? Uh, maybe you uh, you bought a new outfit, you're planning on being at church on that day. Uh, maybe you've got a family dinner, maybe you're hosting that or you're planning on going somewhere for a family dinner. Uh, you're, you're, you might be hiding eggs, uh, you're already getting into the uh, the Easter candy that, I mean, you've uh, there's Easter, I mean, the Easter bunny has some candy ready. Uh, uh, they're, they're, they'll probably be taking pictures that day because everybody will be dressed up and looking nice. You're probably going to Instagram it. It'll be great. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag Easter. Hashtag resurrection. Hashtag new life. Whatever you're going to do, it's going to be a great... Easter is a pretty big deal, right? But so Easter obviously is more than just the celebration that we make it. Uh, Easter is is a great time to remember and celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection that it really happened, right? That it's not just something that we talk about or it's just this, this thing in the background somewhere, but, but that it really happened and that it makes all the difference. Uh, we, we need that reminder because I'm guessing that you've had seasons where you've maybe felt like things were falling apart or you couldn't do things right or you were just disappointed with how things were turning out and maybe it seems like at times that things are going up in smoke and there's maybe not much hope. Uh, but because of Easter, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, there is never a hopeless situation. We are not without hope. Uh, Jesus can redeem anyone and anything, even if life seems like a disappointing pile of ashes. If you feel broken and in shambles, Jesus can bring life from the ashes. And that's our theme for the next few weeks. I, I guess we could say it this way. You are not broken beyond repair. Uh, because of Jesus, there is always hope. You can rise above the ashes and live an abundant life. Uh, one, one big thing that, that, that tends to lead us into places where we need to be rescued and redeemed, where we need what Jesus' death and resurrection brings, one, one thing that we're, we're going to focus in today uh, that, that takes us down that road uh, away from him is, is uh, temptation. I mean, having that piece of chocolate right there, accessible, ready to eat. You, you could really lead you into trouble today, right? I mean, you did not plan this in your caloric intake plan for the... I don't have that. I don't, you probably don't have one of those plans either. But uh, uh, 
don't eat it yet. Just, uh, did I mention that? Don't eat it yet. You gotta hang on to it. Don't eat it. Whether, whether chocolate is your primary temptation or not, usually there are things that tempt us in life. Temptations are, are a, a draw towards sinful things in our lives. Uh, we, and it, it can start off kind of, kind of, kind of slow or, or kind of, yeah, we're just going to cut a few corners here, uh, tell a couple of white lies, look a little too long, uh, not report all that income on your taxes. Uh, you know, I, I remember a story about a uh, low level IRS, uh, agent who opened an envelope one day at the office and that check for $200 floated out along with a note. And the note said, to whom it may concern, I cheated on last year's tax return and now I cannot sleep at night. Please find the enclosed check for $200. Signed his name. And then it said, P.S. If I continue to have trouble, trouble sleeping, I'll send the rest. So we are, uh, we are tempted in all sorts of ways. And, and, uh, um, and, and maybe you've actually, you know, given into that temptation. Maybe you feel like there's no way to avoid uh, giving into that temptation, or maybe you think it's no big deal. Everybody gives into temptation. It's just just what we do. It's just what I mean. I'm human. It just happens. Today, we want to look at the life of Jesus, a uh, a pretty familiar uh, part of the life of Jesus, um, and see how we can follow his example to rise from the ashes of temptation. The story begins in the water uh, and then quickly travels to the desert. So we'll look at that first part. Luke chapter three, verse twenty one. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. So the, the baptism of Jesus is an incredibly significant event for many reasons. It, it signaled Jesus' submission to the plans of his father it showed his commitment, uh, and it was a public uh, dis- display of his commitment to uh, uh, to to follow Jesus, to, to for Jesus to follow his father. Uh, it was uh, the beginning of his public ministry. It gave us an example to follow. Uh, I still remember my baptism. It was my twelfth birthday uh, uh, in a Sunday after a Sunday service at Beechwold Church of Christ in Columbus, Ohio. It still marks a a significant part in my spiritual journey. Uh, one of the the steps in. Uh, in that journey, uh, Jesus' baptism uh, was a significant event. It did it, it, it accomplished so much. But but today, I want to zoom in on that pretty significant declaration uh, from heaven as Jesus came up out of the water. Uh, the the uh, the words were heard from God the Father: "You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased." God the Father simply proclaimed Jesus' identity, not only to him, but to anyone who was, uh, who was listening as well. This is my son. I love him. I'm so pleased with him. In the New Living Translation, it says, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Isn't that awesome? Uh, now, who doesn't want to hear that, right? I, I mean, no matter how many times we like to hear that we are loved and valued by those whom we love and value. We hear this this kind of thing just to give you a little peek into our world uh, in our house. We hear this kind of thing uh, every day, multiple times a day. Uh, Nick will come into the room and instead of saying hi or hello or like a lot of uh, uh, young people do these days, you know, the young people, they're just just kidding. He'll come in and he'll say, I love you, dad. Oh, it's great, right? And I'll say, love you too, Nick. 
to which he'll usually say, you do still? And uh, of course, I say, of course, or if I'm feeling a little ornery that day, I might say, uh, yeah, nothing's changed in the last 90 seconds that you asked me the last time. Yes, I still love you. Uh, many times then the conversation also includes, uh, well, I love you, Dad. I love you too, Nick. And he'll say, I'm so proud of you. And I'll say, proud of you too, Nick. And then he'll say, you're just so awesome. And I say, thanks. No, then I say, you're awesome too, Nick. And uh, then he'll say, I am still. And yeah, it kind of goes this way. And it's multiple times a day. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, how can I ever have a bad day when I know there's someone in my world who calls me dad and loves me because I'm just so awesome? I never get that at church. I don't know. I don't know why nobody's ever coming. Just kidding. You know, shake the hands. At, no, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't do it. That's it. I think Jesus had heard this a thousand times from his father already growing up. He's 30 years old. He'd spent time personally with his heavenly father in prayer and uh, in, in meditation and in times alone with God. And his heavenly father had expressed his love to him in multiple ways, multiple times over and over again. But here uh, at, his, at his baptism, as he comes out of the water, it's a public declaration of Jesus' identity as a deeply loved son of God. I love you, son. Man, you are just so awesome. I mean, that's taken a few liberties with the text, but I think you bring me great joy. It's just a, just incredible. And I just wonder, would, would I, would you, would, would we approach life differently if we knew we had a father who loved us like that? If, if we, uh, would your approach to the circumstances and the temptations and the challenges in your life change if you really knew deep in your heart, it's not just something that you had heard somewhere at church or, or something that you sang about because that's what the song they were singing that day, but, but if you really knew deep in your heart that you were a deeply loved child of God, that he thought you were just so awesome. I mean, I, I hope you know that. Um, maybe you came today and, and uh, that's the one thing you need to hear. I hope that you're living out of that because that is who you are. The, in just a minute, we'll see that, uh, that the devil tempted Jesus three times. Right after this, we're going to read that passage in just a second. Uh, two times of the two of the three temptations, Jesus or, or the devil uh, prefaced his temptation with these words. If you really are the son of God... Tell these stones to become bread. If you really are the son, of, and then he, then he gave his temptation. The devil's temptations for Jesus in the, in the wilderness were rooted in a skewed version of Jesus' identity. And I believe that the foundation, one of the foundations that enabled Jesus to resist the devil's temptations was built on his clear understanding of his identity. He knew that he was indeed the beloved son of God and that made all the difference. Jesus was God's son, loved, and he brings, brought his father great joy. And so when the devil said, if you really are the son of God, he said, yeah, I am. I got it. Yeah, got it. Thanks. Get out of my face, right? I wonder if a key ingredient in overcoming temptation for us of, of not giving in to the enticement of sin is simply to know in our hearts, to believe with all of our being that we really are God's beloved children. 
that we are dearly loved by our heavenly Father. If we really honestly believed that, we might just start living like it. We might live up to that, right? We might say, well, if I'm a dearly loved child of God, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to wander into that. And boy, that looks enticing. But no, I'm not going not to go there because I am the deeply loved child of God. And he thinks I am so awesome. That is who we are as followers of Jesus. If we really believe that, I think it's a key to overcoming temptation. Now we could probably stop right there and eat our chocolate and go home, but don't eat it yet. No, don't eat it yet. Still, you're still in the challenge. We're gonna keep going because the story keeps going. We're gonna jump to, uh, to Luke chapter four where the story continues. Uh, chapter four, verse one. Uh, so Jesus uh, uh, is, is baptized and then uh, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these, this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. So after Jesus' baptism, this very public declaration from heaven, declaring him God's beloved son, uh, Jesus uh, wasn't then immediately given a place of honor, and uh, we might expect that. We, okay, this is God's son. Wow, let's uh, put a crown on his, uh, on his head and, and lift him up on our shoulders and, and, uh, and, and usher him into uh, to leadership, but that didn't happen. In fact, the, the Holy Spirit uh, led him from the Jordan River to the wilderness Straight to the devil himself, right? Uh, I think, I think we have this notion that God will not lead us into hard places. Uh, we think that, uh, that, that, uh, if everything's working out, that's when it's God's will, right? Well, it's all working out, so that must be God's will, and I'm gonna step into this. Sometimes he leads us into difficult places. Sometimes it seems an awful lot like the wilderness. And sometimes we're there for an awful long time. But but no matter where life leads, we can live in our identity as dearly loved children of God, and we can uh, we can have courage in the fact that that we have, to the best of our ability, we have followed the Holy Spirit's direction wherever He might lead. So Jesus goes to the the hard place, the the, the wilderness. He fasts for forty days, and then the dev, the the devil comes on the scene and. Uh, this, uh, in, in Luke, it says that he tempted, it, that the devil tempted him for all 40 days. Uh, uh, and then, you know, we have record of what those temptations were at the end. In other gospel accounts that we see the devil come on the scene at the end. Uh, we, we see outlined in this story that Satan uh, tempts 
Jesus in three ways. A lot has been written about those temptations, what they were exactly, uh, how we are tempted in those ways too. Uh, in essence, I guess I would summarize it by saying that Jesus was tempted to, to bypass God's authority in his life and instead follow, follow the devil or follow his own uh, ways. Uh, three different times, using three different angles, the devil tempted Jesus to shortcut what his father had sent him to do. And if Jesus had given in, he would have been disowning God's plans for him and he would have been going off on his own and following uh, the devil's plans for him. But, and, and there's a lot to be learned in, in all of that. Rather than looking in deal, detail at each specific temptation, today I, I want to just make a few observations about uh, temptation in general. And, uh, and I think that those things might make a difference in, in our spiritual lives and when we face temptation. Because the first big thing you need to know, and you probably already knew this, you will uh, face temptation. You will be tempted. Jesus was the son of God and he was tempted. And, and I'm pretty sure that this was not the only time that Jesus faced temptation. Maybe it's the most overt. It's the one that we have record of all the, you know, the back and forth and all of that. Uh, maybe it was the most challenging for him, but, but, uh, but, uh, we, we don't know. But, but it, it does say that the devil was left, but then he was always looking for an opportune time to come back at Jesus. And I'm sure he tried again and again and again. No matter how long you have been walking with Jesus, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey or how holy you are, there will always be temptation to face. We live in a sinful world. Sin is all around us. Sometimes it calls out to us kind of like that chocolate that you almost forgot about until I just brought it up again. No, don't eat it yet. There, there, will, there will always be temptations. There will be pastors throwing chocolate in your face. But... But hang in there because temptation is not sin. Not yet, right? Uh, temptation might be inevitable, but you don't have to give in to it. You, because you need to know not only uh, that, that you will be tempted, but also that you can resist temptation. Uh, that, that's pretty important. Uh, you, you can say no to sin and yes to God. Uh, it's possible. Uh, it, it's even... It's even expected. We're expected to say no to sin and yes to God as followers of Jesus. A couple of scriptures, Hebrews chapter 4.15 says, we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, no temptation has ever has overtaken you except what is common to us all. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Jesus did not give in to temptation, and you and I don't have to either. It's always possible to say no to sin and yes to God. Some people think, well, that's not true, Pastor, because Jesus was, was, was God, and he tapped into that supernatural power and uh that was you know he had this special power that that he could uh get that 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 I don't have and uh so that's why that's how he could resist the devil after 40 days in the wilderness uh, if we uh you know if we assume that Jesus tapped into that power then it's uh then we're saying that uh we as mere mortals don't have access to the same power that Jesus did in or when we face temptation and so therefore it's just kind of uh we're just going to have to you know we're just going to give in and then we've got to pray and ask for forgiveness and get back and and all the things but but but, but Jesus was fully human and we need to we need to get this Jesus was fully human he he left his his uh his godness <laughs> and stepped out of heaven and uh became it scripture says became nothing 
and he became a man, and uh, he was fully human. He had access to the same power uh, that, that we have access to, to resist temptation. Uh, Ephesians 1, uh, verse 17 and following puts it this way. Uh, Paul is praying. He says, I keep asking, uh, writing about his prayer life, I guess. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power Power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. There is incomparably great power for God's children, those who follow him, those who are dearly loved, who God thinks are so awesome. He has power for us to, it's the power that, that, that saves us, that redeems us, that calls us out of darkness into light, that brings us up from the ashes, and that same power can enable us to resist temptation, to say no to sin and yes to God. It is not just inevitable that when we tempt, we're tempted, we're just going to give in. We're not, uh, not, not only is it not inevitable, Jesus expects us to do otherwise. Well, how, how in the world do we do that? Because it's kind of hard. Pastor, come on. Where, where does that power come from? That's, that's all a little bit, you know, woo-woo out there, right? Well, as, as we've seen already, uh, there's power in knowing who you are as God's child, right? There's power in that. We've, we, we, we talked about that. Our connection to God, uh, knowing our identity, uh, just that alone helps us to resist. Uh, we, we know who we are. Um, and also, I think part of knowing who we are is knowing our own tendencies, our own weaknesses. That, that really helps too. If we know ourselves, if we've spent time with ourselves, if we've spent time, um, uh, delving through who we are and how God has made us, what's our personality, what are, what are we drawn to, what are we not drawn to. Some of you are really drawn to that chocolate and others could care less and some of you are allergic and, and threw, it, threw it across the room. I don't know. But uh, uh, there, we all, if you know yourself, then you know what to avoid. If you have trouble with certain foods, don't have that food in the pantry, right? But if you didn't know yourself and that that was a draw to that and you just kind of were bebopping through life and, and you just always ate that but you weren't really self-aware enough to notice that, then you'd just keep that and it would be a problem. So knowing yourself is an important step in resisting temptation. Knowing yourself, your own weaknesses and, and how God has put you together, but also knowing that you are a dearly loved child of God and that means we live for him. There's power in that. There's also power in the truth, knowing the truth, not only knowing ourselves, but knowing the truth, I think is important too. Every time that the devil lobbed up a temptation to Jesus, uh, he answered with scripture. He knew the truth. He knew God's truth. So, so he, he, he knew sin when he saw it and he could resist it. He, he knew himself and, uh, and he knew the truth. And, you know, we could talk uh, at length about uh, the time that we spend with God and, and with Scripture and with the, the truths of, of life, the spiritual truths of life, and, and uh, that we need to know those things in order to be able to, uh, to resist the temptations that come. Jesus knew himself, and he knew the truth, and, and those two things are, are, are powerful in resisting temptation, but there's also something else. There's someone else who is really the key to this whole event in, uh, in Jesus' life, and that's the Holy Spirit. 
It was the, the Holy Spirit who descended on Jesus at his baptism. It was the, it's the Holy Spirit who led him into the wilderness. It says that he was full of the Holy Spirit as he was led into the wilderness. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave him power in the wilderness. And afterwards, verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. All over. The, the Holy Spirit is, is in and out and all around this whole story. Uh, I think Satan had a, was, was dealing with uh, a faulty premise when he came to tempt Jesus. I, I, he thought that Jesus would be weak and vulnerable out there in the desert. And in a physical sense, I'm, I'm sure that he was uh, weak and vulnerable without eating for, for 40 days. But spiritually, Jesus was not weak. It says he was hungry. It doesn't say he was weak. I've always had the idea that uh, that Jesus barely slid through these temptations by the skin of his teeth, so to speak. Oh, I really want to, but no, I guess I can't, you know? And he was weak, and, and oh, because he's all depleted from all the time and no food and all the things. Actually, in reading this and, uh, and, and seeing how all this played out, I think Jesus was actually at the top of his game when Satan showed up after 40 days. I mean, Jesus had just spent six weeks alone with his father. No distractions, completely devoted to him, listening closely to his direction, hearing his voice. I I don't think that God stopped saying, I love you, son. You're so awesome. Uh, He didn't just say it at at, uh, the baptism and stop. I think for six weeks, this is is a a theme, one of the main themes as Jesus uh, communed with his father and spent time uh, thinking and meditating. And uh, I, I don't know if you've ever devoted any any uh, time to fasting maybe you are right now as we walk through uh, the season of lent maybe it's chocolate and you're really having trouble well they say that uh you know sun every sunday is a mini easter and so the sundays of lent are cut you get a pass i guess uh, that's what i've heard so maybe you're, you're you can if you gave up chocolate you can still have that but i i don't know if you've ever devoted any significant time to fasting i've i've never gone 40 days uh but uh but i know that after missing a few meals or or even a couple of days of meals uh and devoting my that time to spiritual things uh, man i've i've been hungry right i've been it's 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 a thing uh, and uh, every hunger pang is uh, it's 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 a problem and a temptation and and all the things. But it's also been a spiritual high point of my life. Uh, maybe 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 I'm just making this up. I don't know. I think there couldn't have been a worse time for the devil to come and tempt Jesus. I guess that's what I'm saying. Uh, Jesus was ready for whatever the devil threw his way because he was connected with his father through the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, spending time with his father day in and day out, week in and week out, six weeks alone with God. And that connection with God through the Spirit I believe, is the key to you and me living a life that pleases God too. The Holy Spirit is the one who, who warns us when temptation is near. Uh, he warns us so we can steer clear of sin. He is the one who guides us to go down the paths that honor God. The Spirit is the one who develops godly character in us. And, and it's the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, who empowers us to resist temptation. I, I don't know today what you're tempted by. I'm guessing it's not chocolate. Don't eat it yet. Not quite there. But there's probably some other stuff. And it could be that you, uh, maybe nobody else knows. And maybe it's a secret. And it's something that, that, uh, that it's hard to even talk about or even think about. And you feel ashamed. And, or, or maybe it's something that just kind of, man, it's just there. And you just kind of, I don't know. It's just, uh, 
yeah, I should probably resist that, but I'm just not. And I, we're, all, we're all tempted, but we don't have to give in to that temptation. We can say no to sin and yes to God. There is hope. You are a dearly loved child of God. He, he may take you through hard things. He may lead you uh, in, into the wilderness, so to speak. You will have to face tempting things. But just like Jesus, you can resist that temptation and you can follow the, uh, the leading of your heavenly Father. Know yourself. Know the truth. Uh, most of all, I think, rely on the Holy Spirit to lift you up from the ashes of temptation and to live that abundant life that he calls us to do. I, I guess what I'm saying, to bring it back around, is that we need to live like the children of God that we are. This would be the time that you-